Good day. Welcome to the Business Agora, a series of conversations aimed to be supportive in your business and your life, held with our community here at Workspace 365. My name is Michael Benson. I am the CEO at Workspace 365, and I'm here with our community engagement lead, Al Jeffrey, who will be your host for a number of these conversations. Thanks, Michael, and thank you for joining us for the Agora. Agora means the gathering or the exchange. And in these conversations, we hope to connect you with some of the humans of the Workspace 365 community, bring light to their stories, their insights into business, leadership, and well-being, and offer useful resources and tips for navigating business post-COVID-19. So let's dive in. Sean, thanks for joining me and us on the show. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. Um, yeah, I suppose to begin, just for those listening in, obviously uh, through audio, if you could just paint paint us a picture with words as to where you are joining us from now. I'm sat here in uh, in my fabulous home office outside, opposite the salubrious Caulfield Park in North Caulfield. And I've been lucky enough to live in this part of the world for a long time. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice to be near green and, and nature and, and, and be able to uh, yeah, kick a ball with the with kids out in the park. It's nice. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned the word salubrious. I've never actually heard that word before. Um, oh, I have a list of words up here. I should try and use them in this. That's uh, words, best words literally never used. So I'll yeah. try and use a couple of them today. <laughs> Salubrious. What does it mean? What other words might you use? For describing where I am? For describing, yeah. Or salubrious, uh, palatial. They're yeah. all sort of words to describe really nice areas. But uh, I, we live in a very mm -hmm. modest place. It just happens to be in a nice location. Yeah. And so the, uh, I suppose that was a very long way of asking the question I really went, which is what does salubrious mean? <laughs> oh, salubrious. It means nice, uh, positive, comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like sounds where like most a... Australians live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a, a great place to be. Uh, so I'd love to hear a little about your story and journey to doing what you do today and also what it is that you do today. Um, instead of me putting words around it. Uh, yeah. I mean, similar to me, it sounds like um you're someone who uh has a, a great diversity of activities and, and things that you enjoy doing and that you do do um and we can try and wrap titles around it but uh yeah it'd be lovely just to hear in your words uh why it is that you uh do what you do and, and what is it that you do yeah so working backwards as i would say to any any of any customers or partners or or and the advice I give you, it's all about working, working backwards. Uh, clearly I'm not, uh, not Australian, but I've been here just over 22 years now. Um, but, uh, if I, I, and I'm currently my sort of field and career for the vast majority of the time I've been, been here in Australia is I scale, I start and scale up it security businesses. So I get the best of both worlds. I, uh, their startups are looking to scale their very small, limited or zero presence or awareness in, in, in this region, in Australia and, and New Zealand. And then I get to, I get the, the honor 
to start scale and, and make them successful. And the vast majority of them have been very, very successful. Like where I am now, it's started at Centrify in April in a time where we're now at the end of Zoom fatigue, people are bored, and uh, we've we've had some strong success and, and growing awareness, which is which is very positive. Mm. And what brought you to, I suppose, the two components to, um, I suppose, working at the level of launching and scaling, and also more specifically, um, uh, IT security. What brought you to those two spaces? I, uh, if I go back to the mists of time, I grew up on a farm and and in farms are um, anyone who's been to a farm or know farmers or anyone who deals with livestock every day you're selling something or you're talking to people because you have you grow or raise products or for sale and uh, and when i was very young at, at standing in the back of a cattle lorry selling calves that we had reared and um, then moved into retail um, had my own market stall for a while, then got traveling, ended up here in um, lots of places in the world, um, usually following a band, usually following Metallica, if I'm accurate, and then um, ended up here in Australia and uh, got back into IT. And uh, I was at a very success, I was very, at a very successful firm that called Citrix and uh, back in the, around the dot com and that platform was growing really strongly. And then somebody said, hey, how about you help us launch our, our platform in a, the adjacent, adjacent market? And, and did that for eight years and, and I've done sub subsequent ones since. So uh, I, like, uh, I, I like the ability to be able to build and craft something and bring people mm -hmm. on the journey because you can't do it on your own and, and give people the opportunity to, to do that and, and learn as well, which is, which is important. Mm. And it sounds like great, uh, I suppose a great solution for someone that uh, sounds like you are, and I know I am uh, oftentimes as well, who loves starting things, but um, also uh, loves new opportunities and new growth. And there's something very exciting about the startup phase where you are galvanizing a team, you are really understanding the market, you are in a very deep creative process. Um, and then to be able to build the team and then kind of palm it off um, and then move on to something else really exciting. It feels like a great, great kind of blending of meeting your needs for creativity and, uh, and also a sense of stability and security. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Uh, but one thing I, I, I like, I'm not an old person, but I, as I become more mature, it's very hip cool to, for people to talk about startups because it's mm. a very trendy thing to do. And everyone has to have a side hustle and everyone has to do something. But one thing that's been ingrained with me is you need to, and I encourage people to, if you want to do something, do it. Because you never want to be, I wish I did, or I should have, or I could have been a contender to steal something from a, a movie. Hmm. But you need the basics as well. So, you know, if you don't know, the ins and outs of, of, of basic IT for argument's sake or finance or, or whatever your field is, you need those skills. So there's, um, and if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, yes, there's some lucky ones that just right place, right time 
and magic happens and the rest is history. But the vast majority of them have come through either learning or experience or working with people and then they apply that to whatever they're trying to achieve. So it's, I think, um, yeah, experience and, and, and asking questions and, and not assuming you know everything because nobody mm -hmm. does. No one knows everything. I know I certainly don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, But that took me a while to learn. It's, uh, we're all born with a level of arrogance that we need yeah. to temper. <laughs> yes, yes. And humility, uh, yeah, I mean, failure and the gift of failure for many oh. is is humility. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so in your mentoring of... Um, maybe executives looking to scale into, into this market or founders looking to launch in this market. Um, what are some of the things that you find uh, maybe said people uh, really value in your mentor mentorship? What is it that you find yourself offering that seems um, repeatedly really valuable for those looking to launch or scale here? I think it, it's it's probably only a few things. One is you need to do your research on on what you're looking to sell. First of all, is is your is the product, service, or platform or offering? Is there a market for that? And there's fancy terms for it now that people call it minimal viable product or minimal viable solution. What's the basic that you can get away with to launch? And 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 do your research and and then. You need to road test that. You need you need to sanity check it because no one will say their kids are ugly or their dogs and their pets are are hideous looking because they won't. Mm -hmm. So you need some uh, critical observation of that to make sure that okay, if I'm going to do X, Y, Z, is that is there is there a market for that? And and that could take a week, a month, a year. It takes as long as it takes. So you need to know that there's a there's a market for it, and, and then. And then you need to know that people were actually interested because no one will wake up in the morning and say, oh, I need to give Al some money. I need to, no one does that. So you need mm -hmm. to make sure it needs to be attractive. It adds value and, uh, and there's, a, there's a requirement for it. And also a lot of people will go, I'm going to create something that's new and I'm going to create something that is unique. And that's great. But if you try to create something unique that is on its own and is we call it in IT a, a silo of technology, just a silo on its own. You will, mm -hmm. it'll take you a while because you have to convince everyone that this is so important that it has to be purple to use a color. Mm. When, if you look at a lot of the really successful firms that end up creating a silo, you look at some of the ecosystems that some of the technology firms have created, they've generally started off as an incremental improvement, marketed better, or an add-on to something, and then use that to get to where they need to get to and fulfill their vision. So that's something that people need to uh, take in mind. And, and also the last thing, uh, and this is probably the most important, is consistency. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, if, if you talk about selling or you talk about writing code or you talk about, um, convincing or educating people that they need to listen to you. You need to be consistent at that and polite mm -hmm. and respect their time. Like I see where we are now, you know, I talk to some of my peers and, um, and it's, 
if no one's seen it, there's a movie called Glengarry Glen Ross. Have you ever heard of the movie? No. Right. Your homework by Sunday is to watch a movie called Glengarry Glen Ross. It's based on a book called The Death of a Salesman. And it's, um, you know, it's got Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin. There's some phenomenal actors in it. Mm. And it came out uh, out in the 90s. Um, but there's a scene in that for any salespeople that are worth their salt, they would have seen it. And it's where that line came from, coffee is for closers. Mm. And it's probably the epiphany of the worst style of selling that I can mm -hmm. conceivably talk about. It's pressure selling. It's, you know, get them to sign on the line that it's dotted. You know, it's, it's stuck in my head. <laughs> but my point being is what that is talking about is consistently doing something, consistently uh, going at it. And we're in a scenario today where we've got Zoom fatigue. We've got call fatigue. Everyone's just over these kind of things. Hmm. So you need to make sure that when you're go reaching out to people, the first call isn't to pitch no one wants to pick up a phone call or read an email that's an advert, advert or an infomercial or a transmission. Hmm. And, I, and I tell people that if you're ringing people up, the first thing you need to do is just get their permission to have a conversation. Hmm. And you're respecting their time and your own. And that helps as well with qualification, but you need to do that consistently. And, um, and, and you'll find that that will really, really work because no one, you know, I get calls, we all get calls or emails and you'll delete most of them. Hmm. Or you be sorry, I'm busy and you're gone because we've only got so much time in the day. But if somebody takes the time to be nuanced, respect my time, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll respect theirs and I have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that during this time, um, yeah, there's a real kind of urgency. And I suppose it, it might be linked to this. I mean, we're all in very unfamiliar territory. Mm. Um, but the kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe attempts at quick grabs to solutions, but it means we kind of objectify everybody and what our work, um, rather than treating it with that respect, with the humility, with the empathy, compassion. Um, and we're all still human and we all still want to feel respected no matter how mm. uncertain our, our time is at the moment. Um, so yeah, I love that as a, a great reminder. Yeah. What are some of the things you're noticing in this time? Um, I mean, it sounds like you are quite uh, stationed at Centrify at the moment, um, but just in your, I suppose, observations of this time, for those who maybe are looking to either scale within Australia or launch within Australia uh, and or New Zealand, what are some of the things you're noticing during the context that we're in? as maybe recommendations or um, yeah, just insights. Yeah, and uh, I think it comes down to, because all it all depends on, not necessarily how much money you have or how much money you want to make. It's the, the mistakes that are commonly made, made is if you're an overseas firm or you have you, there's something that's been successful overseas, you assume it's gonna work here, you assume It'll just happen. But markets are different. Um, culturally, um, financially, uh, they're, they're very, very different. So uh, do your market research. Uh, understand is, is this something that they will buy here? Um, also, and this may sound a bit counterintuitive, but if it's, I'm trying to understand if, if what you're offering is unique, that it's only you, 
versus competitive, and there's lots of people doing it. I would always argue it's nearly better to be in a competitive market than a non-competitive market. Because if it's a competitive market, people are always in market looking for that, or they're open to looking at alternatives. And if you can, so that that's half the battle, awareness. Yeah, I want to buy a television, great. Right now it's down to who's got the best model, the best features, price, stock, all of those things. But if you were the individual that came out with a uh, unique 3D vision image that is the only one, yeah, no one knows about it. Mm. And uh, so, uh, that, and, and that's why you see in the world we live in, you know, is there much new stuff that comes out? Actually, not that often. It's generally incremental improvements over time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and people look at something and go, actually, I could make that better for these ways or more efficient or whatever it may be. And, and, and I think if people look into scale, so research your market, understand the competitive landscape, and, and also work out a fair amount of time you want to put into it. Because it's it, time is, 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 is relative, but some things will take as long as they take. And it doesn't matter how much you try and force it, doesn't matter how much you try and change it or accelerate it, it takes as long as it takes. Mm. And you just need to be conscious of that. Yeah. 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 Changing, I suppose, mode a little bit. Uh, personally, and you mentioned before, walking every every day or every morning it has been a, a practice for you in the last uh, couple of months, I think you mentioned. But personally, during lockdown here in Melbourne, how are you remaining sane or not? That's that that's good. That's a good question. And, you know, I have a list on my wall of uh, a bunch of individuals I, I call and I'll try and call at least one or two of them every day. Mm. Um, because, you know, only, only today a very good friend of mine, um, I love him like a brother and um, how he's handling the lockdown is quite innovative. So, uh, clearly, as I said earlier on, I'm not Australian, but there's a bunch of things I do because I know that eventually, I, I, as I'm looking at my Australian citizenship certificate, which I got on uh, March this year, I think it was the last one before they stopped doing them in person. But it took me 22 years to, to get that piece of paper, which I'm exceptionally proud of. And mm. um, uh, because I'm blessed to, to, to be allowed to stay in this uh, amazing country. But what my mate um, Shane uh, did years ago, because we worked together for a long time, he said, right, and he's as, he's as Australian as they come, and, 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 I, and I love it because we all need to remember where, where we live and respect the country we're in. So we, for years, it was one specific night, we, um, we wrote a list. Here's the 10 things that I have to do to become an Australian. And that was, you know, join a football club. So I've only been a member of St. Kilda for 16 years. Mm -hmm. and, and a bunch of other things which were quite humorous. But one of them was go to, uh, to Bathurst, which is a car race in, uh, in, in New South Wales. It's a very iconic race. And this year would have been the 10th year. So we're all disappointed we can't go. Mm. We go camp on the mountain and, and, do, and, and watch a car race. So what did Shane do? He has, um, currently he has nearly 800 people on a live stream because he has set our campsite up in his mm. backyard. <laughs> and he's done the whole full-on batters thing, as he would do. Uh, he packed up the Prado with the trailer, 
drove around the block, backed in, set it up yesterday as he would, as we would when we go there. And and I'm seeing a lot of that. And he's going to camp in there and watch the race as we would do on his own. And he's mm. calling people and he's extended this out to a, a lot of other people. And, and that's what you have to do. If, if, if anything comes out of of this this time is we are going to become more respectful of the people who are in our lives and the time we spend with them mm. because time doesn't stop it's fleeting and uh, we all have family in places near far and wherever but it's more people have picked the phone up and reached out to people because they have to and i think that's a massive massive positive and they do a variety of things to keep saying i'm I'm doing. I'm a, quite a robust guy, but I'm there. I'm walking, but I made a lifestyle choice. I'm up at uh, ten to six or six o'clock every morning, and I am not a mm. morning person, but I've been doing that for nearly four months. So that mm. for me is is good it's an improvement. And uh, I get up usually before the alarm, and out I go. And uh, I, I enjoy watching the sun come up and uh, the amazing sky that's produced every day for us. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely story and. Uh, yeah, I suppose there's, I mean, for me, there have been so many things that, of course, I've learned about myself, and I'm sure we've all learned about ourselves mm-hmm. and each other and, and the world. And um, I'd really hope we can carry much of that with us, even as we do head towards COVID normal. Um, well, it, 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 you have to look at the positives. And, and even, you know, as a, as a rule, I don't mention what's going on, because no one needs to be reminded of what's going on. They see it every mm-hmm. single second of the day. But if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. We'd be ta- we'd still be talking about the awful bushfires. We'd still be talking. We, we humans will find something to whinge about. Mm. So I think if we can just, and yes, for some people it's negative, for some it's less so. But there will always be something that people will want to go and and talk about. And um, we just need to look through that, and look at the positives and take positives from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, evolutionarily, we are wired for negativity and threat. So oh, it's a great, shocking, a great yes. opportunity to practice <laughs> some positivity. Um, great. As a way of coming to close, is there any, I suppose, how would you prefer people connect to you and with you? Are you active on LinkedIn? or? Yeah, LinkedIn is the one. I, um, I, I, I don't have any of the other platforms because I'm quite a simple soul. Mm-hmm. I, I just stick to one <laughs> and uh, and I try to be as um, proficient in one as opposed to bad at the rest. So yeah, LinkedIn is where I am. And um, I got my, you'll see my big fat head there and there's not many Sean Walsh's in, in, in Melbourne. So there yeah. is, uh, that, that's where they can find me. And I'm happy to, to, to help. I, I've been involved now in obviously the startup community for, for, oh, formerly in 2003 is when I started when it was just, Oh, let's start a business, and now it's trendy and hip. So I do find mm. it entertaining when there's everyone's now a startup guru, and you go, "Well, how many businesses actually have you started?" And actually mm. picked the phone up and made the first sales and created awareness, as opposed to, uh, and I know p- different people do different things, but mm. um, selling, having a great product, is part of it, but it's not all of it. And it's all the other stuff that people take for granted. And, uh, and I think that's something that uh, I try and st- instill in people is, you know, it's more than just making the best widget or the best outcome or the best solution. That's a given. Mm. 
you have to, all the things you need to do before that to get people to know, see, hear, and go, actually, yeah, I'll give them a go. Yeah. 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 The, you mentioned the word robust before, the, the <laughs> kind of maybe not so shiny and pretty aspects of startup, which, um, yeah, the actual grittiness of, <laughs> of picking up the phone and um, pulling together the, the cost structure or the, the projections. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Any parting words uh, to leave everybody with before we? Uh, all I would say is, um, if you're going to try something, try it hmm. and do it, but don't be rash and put some time and thought into it and ask for advice. I don't think people ask for enough advice and that's not to procrastinate or look at your navel, but just look at things from as many angles as you can. And lastly, always look at it from the customer perspective. Always, if there's one thing you do, look at it from the person or the organization that will consume it. Because they're ultimately, if they don't want it, no one will want it. Hmm. So many little snippets of gold in there. We <laughs> could continue on and on, but thank you so much for taking the time, Sean. No worries. Thanks, Al. Pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another Agora conversation, and we trust you took away something useful. Thank you, Al. That's right. If you are already a member with us, we look forward to seeing you in an office or an event really soon. If you aren't a member with us, we'd love to welcome you to one of our centres across Melbourne, South Melbourne, Footscray, and Torquay very soon. Please be in touch and call us on 1-800-WORK-NOW or on the web on at www.workspace365.com.au. We look forward to continuing to connect with you and you with our community here at Workspace 365. We'll see you again shortly.